Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I am your host, Paul Oren. You can find me on Twitter at NWI Oren. You can find Union Street Hoops on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Pods, Google Pods, and as always at NWI.com. Thrilled to have you here for what I think is going to be a very, very powerful episode of Union Street Hoops. Zion Morgan is going to join us a little bit later on in the podcast. And let me tell you that it was a a thrill to talk to Zion. I think he's going to bring some things to light that uh, maybe we don't think about all the time when we think about the machine that is college basketball and uh, I just, I really, I just really think it's going to be a powerful interview. So looking forward to you guys hearing that and I'll get out of the way as soon as possible so we can get to Zion Morgan. Obviously a lot has happened uh, in the weeks since I've been, last been on Union Street Hoops. Um, you know, life has just kind of been throwing curveballs left and right. And so uh, the urge to sit down and walk through every single thing on a podcast just hasn't really been there. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe as things begin to normalize a little bit that I will also begin to normalize a little bit. Um, but certainly there's been no shortage of news concerning Valpo basketball. Um, a lot of players on their way out, Donovan Clay to Missouri State, Daniel Sackey to New Orleans, Malik McMillan to Western Michigan, Nick Robinson to Western Carolina. Stephen Helm went to Indiana Tech. Kind of the jaw dropper, Jacob Ognosevic leaves the program to go to Lipscomb. Sigurd Lorang doesn't have a landing spot yet. Good news, Pagale also does not have a landing spot. Good news, just a recent departure from the program, as well as Zion Morgan has decided not to come back next year. And obviously, uh, we're going to get into Zion here in a little bit, and he'll talk all about that. Obviously, when the old leaves, the new comes in, and Valpo, you know, from on paper, seems to have won the transfer battle, just in given where they're getting players from. Trevor Anderson and Joe Hedstrom, both coming from Wisconsin. Thomas Kithier coming from Michigan State. And then a very interesting one, Kevion Taylor from Winona State, kind of a stud at Winona State, is now coming in here. Best friends, grown up, I think, with Tyler Hero, the Miami Heat player who... Uh, single-handedly broke the hearts of my Milwaukee Bucks last year and, uh, and and both grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They joined the freshman class of Darius Diavario, I think is how you say it, Cam Pelesi, Trey Woodyard, and Keandre Young, and they've got an addition, a walk-on, Preston Ruinger, who is another Wisconsin guy, Wisconsin guys left and right. And Valpo does have one more open scholarship that I think it'll be fascinating to see what they do with it. If there's a player out there they think can make a difference. I think they'll go get that player. If not, I think they'll hold on to it and, uh, and really kind of see what the future holds. I think if anything, what we've learned is that having 17 guys on the roster and only one basketball means that it, it can be quite difficult to kind of placate everybody. And, uh, I, I think that will be a big question mark as the, where the playing time comes from. When you look at next year's roster, obviously you're bringing back Aaron Gordon, who is going to be a sixth-year senior. Sheldon Edwards is going to be – I saw – I read somewhere the other day that someone thought that Sheldon Edwards might not start next year. Sheldon Edwards will start every game of the season next year, in my opinion. Sheldon Edwards has taken big leaps and bounds already in the offseason – 
he looks like he will be the focal point, center point of the offense next year, maybe as that primary scorer now that's shaken off some of that freshman rust a little bit. They brought him in to score. I think you're going to see that a lot. I think he's going to be the one who's going to see the bulk of the of the offensive opportunities. But that's also to say that I think Valpo will have a, a, a pretty solid roster around Sheldon, especially you throw in Trevor Anderson, who I imagine will come in and start at point guard. And I would think Trevor Anderson is going to play a lot of minutes. Thomas Kithier, I imagine, is also going to start. I would think that he will play a lot of minutes as well. Ben Cricky is going to start, no question. Connor Barrett also right there as a, as a guy who can get a lot of minutes. And obviously, Connor Barrett was in the starting lineup uh, pro- more so than any of the other freshmen this year. And then you've got uh, Emil Friesvillian, who a guy who uh, you know you hope can provide you some depth in the in the big man position where Kithier will play as well as. Joe Hedstrom will come in. They don't grow seven-footers on trees, and I think he's going to play a big role there. Obviously, the freshman, Keandre Young, is uh, looks to be a steal, and I'd imagine he's going to get a lot of playing time, maybe akin to what you saw from Sheldon Edwards last year. And then maybe Woodyard will get uh, uh, some minutes, and Kevion Taylor as well. This is going to be a loaded, a loaded group. Um, Joining a Missouri Valley Conference that's going to be absolutely loaded. Valpo has taken some big strides in the offseason, I think. Um, that's not to say, you know, and, and I think you're going to hear from Zion Morgan in a little bit. You know, some guys left, and why did they leave? Is the grass greener on the other side? And the guys that are coming into Valpo, is do they think the grass is greener on the other side? Now, Zion's going to approach this from a much different perspective than just on-court basketball, but... I'm fascinated to see what the on-court product for Valpo looks like next year. So from a pure basketball standpoint, did Valpo get better? That's a that's a fair question. Now from a from a standpoint of guys who've been in the system who I mean two two years of of hard work and coaching gone into the development of Donovan Clay three years into the hard work and the coaching of Daniel Sackey, four years into Malik McMillan, a couple other years into Nick Robinson and and Zion Morgan and and whatnot. Um, Now you kind of go back to the drawing board if you're the coaching staff. You're bringing in uh, two, four, six, eight, nine new guys, not to mention what could be a tenth if they fill that other scholarship, and and you're going to bring that in to a group that scholarship players has Aaron Gordon, Emil, Sheldon Edwards, Ben Cricky, and Connor Barrett, five scholarship players remaining, and three walk-ons, Tyler, Luke, and Brock. And uh, it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting year for Valpo. You look at Northern Iowa bringing a ton of players back, Loyola bringing a ton of players back, Drake bringing a ton of players back. The conference is going to be loaded. Missouri State bringing a ton of players back, and they add Donovan Clay. Remains to be seen whether or not Donovan Clay will be eligible immediately from Missouri State. While the NCAA has basically said you can transfer and be immediately eligible, there are conference-to-conference transfer rules, and the Missouri Valley Conference has one, so Valpo could block it if they wanted to. Part of me thinks that's a part of karma you don't want any part of, and, uh, and we'll see from there. So I want to shift focus now away from basketball per se and onto the lives of of these guys. And to that end, I want to talk about Zion Morgan. 
Uh, one of my great regrets of the season was toward the end of the year, I did an interview with Zion Morgan for a feature story, and it was so good. And I was going to use the audio for a podcast later on down the line, and I just never got to it. And then I thought, oh, I'll use it next year as maybe a season preview, kind of the story about Zion Morgan. And then he was going to come back. He was going through workouts with the team. And then kind of abruptly, at least it looked abruptly, he decided not to come back. And so I reached out to Zion, particularly after Monday, Monday morning, he put out a tweet that said, Dear Basketball, thank you. And it was a letter to basketball. And for simply um, for simply con- contextual purposes, I'm going to read you this letter right now. Um, because I want you to, to know what it says. Uh, obviously, it's this is my voice with Zion's words, so it doesn't really go great, but then you're going to hear, because uh, we're going to reference this letter a lot, and we never got around to during the interview having Zion read the letter. Uh, so I'm going to read it right now, and then we're going to jump into this interview with Zion Morgan, which I really do think is uh, is a powerful, powerful interview. Dear Basketball, I don't even know where to begin. We've spent 15 great years together. We've been all over the world together, on airplanes, buses, trains, and AAU vans together. We've been everywhere, but our favorite place to go was to the gym at 6 a.m. Hearing you bounce on the court, swish through the net, hit off the backboard, and roll away to the point where I would have to run and chase you sometime shows the true love I really had for you. Unfortunately, that love has diminished over the years, and it's not you, it's me. As I began to get older, I began to look at you differently. Having fun began to turn into time for work. I began to feel like you were using me. I began to feel manipulated. I began to feel like I worked for you. I began to feel like an employee. I began to realize that I was playing a part in the system. As I realized all of this, I began to understand that that system and I do not share the same values. I felt like this for a while now but I feared what people would think because we've been together for so long, but I have no fear anymore. I know the truth. I feel the truth. I see the truth, so I have to speak the truth. Kids I grew up with are dying every day. Neighborhoods I grew up in are trashed, and you have been distracting me from that for the last few years. I will always love you, but I no longer love what comes with being with you. It's time for me to be free, and in order to do that, I have to leave you behind. Thank you for making me a man. Thank you for bringing me thousands, if not millions, of life experiences. Thank you for bringing so many people into my life. Thank you for bringing me to where I am now. Thank you for showing me the world. Thank you for showing me the truth. Thank you for everything. I've given you my all for the last 15 years of my life, but now it's time for me to do what I always dreamed of doing since I was younger and that's helped the communities and people around me. Sincerely, Zion Morgan. I, I'm trying to figure out how to refer to you. You're Zion Morgan. And for a long time, I would say things like joined now by Valpo basketball player Zion Morgan or UNLV basketball player Zion Morgan. It would always have that title, basketball player Zion Morgan, in front of you. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today is because you're Zion Morgan. You're not basketball player Zion Morgan. And 
I don't know if the term broke up with basketball is the phrase. You did use the it's not you, it's me, which is a yeah. fantastic <laughs> breakup thing. Oh. But uh, Zion, you, uh, you wrote a letter to basketball, and I want to start there. And there's a whole bunch of other things I want to ask about. But, but it's May 5th, 2021, and basketball is in the rearview mirror for you, and you've probably been playing for your entire life. Mm-hmm. What's this feeling like right now? Uh, I mean, you put it in perfect words. You put it in perfect words. When you say, when you refer to me as Zion Morgan instead of the Valpo basketball player or the UNLV basketball player, that that empowers me a little bit. You know, I know who I am, but now that I took this next step and, and I'm doing truly what I believe in, it's proof in the pudding right there. You refer to me as Zion Morgan and that's who I am. So, yeah, it, I, I feel good right now, man. I feel great and uh, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to talk it out with you. There seemed to be a time Mm-hmm. where you were coming back next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, I know you were going through workouts. It was mm-hmm. kind of like a, a best kept secret that you and Aaron were going through workouts. Mm-hmm. Aaron had come out and said, yes, I'm going to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Nick is moving on. Malik is moving on. But there was a moment there where it felt like you were coming back. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people were excited about that, especially, mm-hmm. you know, the way the season closed with mm-hmm. just some really good output there and everything like that. Um, did, was, was there like a aha moment where you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back. Or was it, was it a Valpo thing? Was it a bigger thing in your brain beyond that? Uh, really? I've been, like I said, in the letter, I've been feeling like this. I mean, if you ask my mom, since I was about five years old, I always had big dreams of just uplifting communities, uh, using my, who I am and my energy to, you know, talk to people. And like I said, uplift community. So it wasn't, there was no small thing there was nothing now I will say there were events that uh throughout my time here that have led throughout my time playing basketball in general as I grew up uh that made me realize that this is a business and this business does not it does not benefit my cause or what I believe in to the fullest effect it does not it just doesn't uh and it kind of as I started to do research myself on you know different numbers in the history of me and my people and th- things like that, I, I started to quickly realize that how much of a business this really was. I'm gonna try to, you know, keep it at that. But I started to realize how much of a business it was and how much I was playing a part in the system, even though I have a small part in it. I'm at Valpo. Valpo is no, you know, Duke, this is not the NBA or anything like that. But I understood that I was playing a small part in a big system that I did not as I started to do research and things started happening in the world, I, I didn't want to be a part of it no more. And it like, I, I had to write that letter like that because I do have a deep relationship with basketball. The game of basketball has brought me and you together. The reason I can have this conversation, I have this platform is because of the game of basketball. But as I grew older and started to see what that game of basketball was doing to communities that I come from and uh, I had to step away in a quick, a quick example of that, you asked, did any small thing happen? Nothing small, like I said, events continue to build up. But I remember going to Chicago about three weeks ago when I was still working out with the team and just seeing the neighborhoods and just seeing how much trash was on the ground, potholes everywhere, uh, closed down buildings, uh, The you know, the violence. Everybody hears of the violence. And then I compared that to Valpo, and I was just like, nah, this can't, this, something's not adding up here. Why am I putting my all into this? When the place, the place I come from and the people that love me and enjoyed who I was and they tell me, oh, yeah, go make it out. People are dying every day where I'm coming from. 
So it's, it's literally a war zone and, I, and I'm coming over here to make the best for me. Now nah, I want to make the best for my people and I want to make the best for my communities. And, you know, this business does not, it does it. In fact, it's hurting our people, you know, as simple to put it, but I had to step away from it. Uh, and it, like I said, it wasn't the game of basketball. It was the business that comes with being with basketball. So, you know, I, you, you talk about the violence and, yeah. and it comes on the heels of uh, two young men, basketball players in the city of Chicago. One's going to Loyola, one's going to Murray I just State. heard about this. Yeah. Both, both hit in a drive-by shooting, yeah. I think. Sounds like they're both going to be okay. Sounds yeah. like they think they're both going to progress, but yeah. obviously, uh, and, and this is always like a unique thing, right? Like yeah. I'm, I am from the city of Milwaukee, but I am from the South side of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I've certainly seen a little bit in my day, but not nearly what goes on mm-hmm. in the North side of Milwaukee mm-hmm. or the South side of Chicago or anything like that. Everybody, I think that has come from Chicago onto the Valpo team mm-hmm has seen violence in their lives, mm. knows of people as equally as talented as they are who got caught up in either dead or yeah. other things. Does that, I mean, and I think about, and these are names from the past, mm. Darian Walker, Levante Doherty, Javon Freeman Liberty, guys that have come from the city, you, Nick, Jabril, different stuff like that. Like, when you would go out and, and when you're in Valpo, was it an uneasy feeling of like, you know, almost like, and, and I don't know how to say this any other way of you hear of like survivor's guilt mm-hmm. of like a, a, an accident that happens. And like, maybe I was supposed to be on that plane and it went down and it didn't get me, but it got other people. Mm-hmm. Like, did it feel, was it, did it feel like that at all? It's, it's definitely that. And it, I think the big thing is, it's a sense of safety here. It's a sense of, um, belonging it's a sense of you know not even thinking about that and i I just had to compare the two cities and and i'm this is no this is i want people to understand i know i post something sometime that could be borderline you know uh a color thing or this is no color thing this is a system thing and this system has unfortunately affected my peoples and it's very obvious (laughs) this city is very well put together it's very safe uh but where the people that come from and the people that's making money for this program with a, and it's not just the Chicago thing. I mean, I'm sure Malik is from uh, Maryville. This goes on in Maryville. This, well, I know one of his friends have uh, passed away. Rest in peace to Jay Wood. I believe that's his name. One of the young King, the young brother's name, but this goes on everywhere. And, and if I'm not mistaken, this is a common black thing. This is a common uh, uh, underclassed, underappreciated type of thing. And it's not underappreciated. See, I don't, I don't want to even make it a, I'm sorry, I actually said that. It's, we undervalue ourselves. That is the problem. There is nobody going in Chicago making these guys pull these guns, pull these weapons out. But the problem is the leaders that can lead and help that, they go away to these neighborhoods like Valpo, they go to the Dukes, they go all the way over the place to make it out of the hood. When in reality, we need to keep these people in the hood and our environments to try to help and uplift it. So when you, I just posted something on Twitter. Isn't the goal, I'm sure you've heard it, you're, you're an interviewer, isn't the goal to, in the NCAA, if you're a basketball player, to make it to the NBA, right? That's every kid's dream. There's a 0.03% chance that you're gonna make it to the NBA. So where I'm from, if this is driven ball is life, if this is driven into the subconscious of, 
people that don't really think they amount to anything but basketball or rapping or something like this, if this is driven in your brain, if you don't make it, you're going to end up going back to these treacherous environments. Yeah, Every I want to cut you off for a second yeah. because yeah. I actually, um, so I think people know this isn't a surprise to people. And if it pisses people off, I'm sorry, but I teach journalism classes yeah. at VU and, yeah. and I'm an educator. Yeah. And every once in a while, I see the basketball guys come into my classes. That's yeah. fine. Let's have a firm separation line there. But there was a kid a couple of years ago, 10 years ago or so. I don't need to get into specific years yeah. or anything like that. Kid from Chicago um, got to college because he could play basketball, right? Mm -hmm. Couldn't get in anywhere if he couldn't play basketball. That's my thought, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, but hey, look, and, and if he wasn't coming to Valpo, he was going to Loyola, he was going to UIC, he was going somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Basketball paved that way. Mm -hmm. The day that he graduated, his mother grabbed me, hugged me, didn't let go for five minutes and said, you have changed my son's life. I mean, I cried my eyes out mm -hmm. at that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, fast forward now. I don't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And yep. like, okay, so we changed his life. Ba basketball changes. Like he didn't go, he didn't go pro. Mm -hmm. Wasn't good enough to go pro. Mm -hmm. um, bounced around a couple of things for a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of, um, you know, like, oh, maybe get a tryout here, probably pay his own way to fly across the country to do this or everything like that. Basketball chews you up and spits you out. And yeah. now I think to myself, okay, the education's great, yeah. but like, what's next? Yeah. And um, I, I don't know what he's doing right now. And, and that to me, I mean, I think back to that moment where the mom gave me a hug and said, you changed my family's life. And I don't know that I did that much yeah. at all. His ability to hit a three-pointer in traffic paved the way to do that. Yeah. And then he put in the work and that's just, but you're right. Like what happens next? Derek yeah. Rose, Derek Rose living top of the Trump tower. Yeah. He got out, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jabari Parker got out, but like what happens next? And, I, and that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. My thing is why th that's exactly my point. Why is there a make it out of the hood? Why think about these circumstances and then even look at the numbers. I, I think I looked at the number 78% of NCAA athletes are African-American. The NCAA is a, billion dollar uh industry some of that money should be going back to these uh environments to help out period point blank period so you think about the exploitation of african americans in this system and it's ridiculous like you said the man probably couldn't even read but he can shoot a three-point and that's the exact reason and valpo is a good school right how do you get how do you get in valpo you can't you can't <laughs> take on the education because they want him to come shoot a basketball for him and once he's done shooting a basketball for him I hope he's doing something well, you know what I mean? But I'm sure he's most likely back in his environment, which is going to chew him out and spit him out somewhere that's not going to be nice. So it's a system that, man, I put respect when it's due. And whoever created this system, respect to you. But it's time to overthrow the system, in my opinion. And that's, what, that's why I had to write that letter, just to show people the truth. And the truth may hurt to some people. The truth may hurt to some people. But the fact that you can open up and speak dialogue to situations that you've seen, a kid come there and shoot a basketball now he leaves and you don't know where he is. But I guarantee you the mom meant you changed his life just because they got you. The fact that he could graduate from this university and he left that situation that he came from is the reason you changed his life. You know what I mean? There would be no change in my life if he came from a great environment, went to Valpo to play basketball, got a great education and then did something for the community. But that that's not the point though. They want him to shoot a basketball. They don't care if he come from the bottom of a, uh, a garbage can. As long as he can shoot a basketball, we're going to take him in. 
and that's and, where my problem lays. And I think it's to be clear, like I said, this is uh, if Valpo, if he didn't go to Valpo, he was going to Butler, he was going, yeah. to UFC, he was going to whatever. Like, this yeah. is uh, I, at least for me, I'm not ragging on Valpo, yeah. I'm saying yeah. this is the system. Yeah. I want to ask you about a tweet that that you put actually, a couple tweets that, that you put out. Um, uh, Fraternity Zemo is your Twitter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of transferring going on mm -hmm. right now in college basketball. Mm -hmm. Nine guys from your team this past year are not going to return mm -hmm. for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got we've got you who's stepping away. Um, Nick had a situation that didn't work out at Valpo. He's going to Western Carolina. Malik is going to get out of Northwest Indiana for the first time in his life yeah. in Michigan. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Daniel is going to get to go down to the land of the best food in the country mm -hmm. in New Orleans. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Donovan, interesting case, moving to Missouri State. Mm -hmm. Going to see Valpo a couple times a year. That's yeah. that circle those dates on the calendar. Mm -hmm. uh, Jacob is going to Lipscomb. Stephen mm -hmm. Helms going to Indiana Tech. This guy's moving all over the place. Mm -hmm. Sigurd, I'm not sure where he's going to end up. Yeah. You have a tweet here. All I see is a bunch of brothers going from one plantation to another. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to be honest, mm -hmm. I'm the old 40-year-old white guy here. I hear the word plantation. I start to get, you know, the, uh -huh. the, the, the hair rises on the back mm -hmm. of my neck a little bit. Like, ooh, he mm -hmm. said a word that, mm -hmm. you know, but, but that's, that's what you said. And, and obviously, then right after that, there's a big question about the Creighton coach talking mm -hmm. about plantation and everything mm -hmm. like that. 1,400 people are in the transfer portal right now, yeah. mm -hmm. moving from one program to another. You've got another P word for it, plantation. Mm -hmm. Can you expound upon that a little bit at all? Well, it's kind of like exactly what we said. <laughs> these people, this system is used to get these brothers, majority, 78% of athletes are African-American, period. That's a fact. That's not my opinion. That is a fact. 78% of African-Americans are NCAA athletes. And majority of the coaches are rich you know white guys now this is not a color thing this is what it is i'm stating facts here these are all great people that's leaving this program you know what i mean the donovan malik these are people that didn't put their heart soul uh tears and blood in and they're leaving hmm. so that makes that make me think a little bit you know what i mean and then where where are you you're going to this great situation but brother you're going to another situation that's going to be exactly like this either you fit in or like you said you get you get chewed up and you get spit out period period now i gotta i can i can i can get deep into that i can get real deep into that because you know what i'm saying back in the day mandingo fighting was the exact same thing there were slave masters and there were black people that fought for entertainment and whoever died died and whoever won they won and they could survive all that's going on now is the exact same thing yeah we're athletes we <laughs> That's in our blood. We strong guy, you know what I mean? That we're athletes. So because we can make a dollar for this system, they're gonna do whatever it takes and they're gonna allow us to think, you know what I mean, we're as free as possible when in reality we're not. And that's that's just the facts in it. And it, it can be proven by this guy that you said went to Valpo. He comes there, the man don't know how to do anything but play basketball, I'm assuming, basically. He leaves the university, now what is he doing? But guess what, the university made money off of him. And they can say all that they want that, oh, yeah, we love them. Oh, yeah, we, he was a great, the fans loved them, all that. But what is that going to do for this brother? What is that going to do for his family? What is that going to do from his, for his children? It's not going to do anything. And that's a repeated cycle of everybody. Every, every, every African-American is getting chewed up and spit out in this system. And a good, this is another thing I had to realize. Once I realized that 
African-Americans weren't going to HBCUs? And why aren't the top athletes going to HBCUs? Because they don't think they're going to get the same exposure and all that. That's a brainwash right there. That's the system making you think if you go play for your own people, you're the HBCUs, you won't be able to make it to the NBA and all that. When in fact, last time I checked, if LeBron James, John Morant, Zion Williamson, uh, the list goes literally on and on and on. If they go to these HBCUs, these will be the next Dukes. These will be the, but the system doesn't want that. Or at least that's what it looks like in my opinion. It's driven to make you think that if you wanna to go to the NBA and all this, you have to go to these Dukes. You have to go to where some of my brothers on the team is transferring to, you know what I mean? So when I said the plantation thing, all I was saying was, me and these guys have deep talks that I'm gonna keep you know, in private, but we have deep talks about life. You know, Guys tearing up in the locker room. From J.O., this is not a color thing, from J.O. to Malik to Saki, all of us, you know what I mean? Where we feel like we've been used, period. Point blank, period, by, by this system. And guys are leaving, they they feeling like they're breaking their chains and they're leaving and they're going to these other universities. And unfortunately, that's they have to do what they have to do. But in my opinion, there needs to be some other way and there needs to be some fixing of this system because brothers are leaving and going to systems where either you make it to the NBA or you go overseas, which is also making you leave your environment, making you leave these hood, treacherous environments <laughs> and it's just allowing them to die off and kill off. Or, you know what I mean? Or you're going, or they shipping you somewhere else. So when I said the plantation thing, all I was saying where you're going to work for somebody else that says all they want, that they want the best interest for you, when in reality, they just want you because you can make a dollar for them. And once you're done, you're leaving. And I want to ask you this. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are pointing at Valpo right now and saying, oh my God, this is a culture problem. This is a problem. Is it, is it Matt? Is it the school? Is it whatever? You've transferred, mm -hmm. right? Like you've, You've been at one place, mm -hmm. you went to another, mm -hmm. you had a stop in between mm -hmm. at Wabash. Um, you have been the epitome of like, is the grass greener on the other side? Mm -hmm. So as somebody who has made that move, when, and again, I know obviously keeping those conversations private, but mm -hmm. when guys like Daniel or Malik or Nick or Jo or anybody says, I got to go, this, you know, Valpo is the problem. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like, and maybe Valpo is the problem, mm. but it also sounds like the system mm. is, is a bigger part. So from, from your experience, is it the system or is it a specific thing? I'm going to have to go to system period, because at the end of the day, I have conversations with uh, uh, Lodic as well sometimes where, I mean, it's, it's, it's all driven by money. He, he has to win <laughs> or he gets fired point blank period so that could come across a little weird when guys are just leaving and we're losing or something you know what I mean it, it it's a fine line it's definitely the system is what I'm saying but it's a it's a line drawn there and it's affecting everybody you know what I mean so this is this system is breaking up guys making them point the finger making you think Valpo is the problem when no this is a greater system that's driven off of I got to keep saying your saying because it was a great saying, chewing people up and spinning them out, period. Like, I'm going to leave here and I, I plan on, you know, helping my community and eventually leaving, bringing this whole thing up. But say I didn't. If I left here, nobody would hear about me from Valpo in the next two years. It, hell, in the next year, nobody would. And that's just how the system goes. This is a this is driven off of the dollar bill that, in fact, is supposed to benefit everybody. And it doesn't. It does not. It does not. It <laughs> I want to ask a, an interesting question here. Um, 
on the flip side, and you're older, you're 23 now? 23. Mm -hmm. As you said, Matt has made his livelihood and he makes money off of it. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. And he, look, he, he is a, he, he, he came up through the system yeah. too. He yeah. played at Stanford. His livelihood is dependent upon the output of 18 to 22 year old individuals. Yeah. Right. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think about this as a teacher sometimes when I think about like, okay, I can teach and teach and teach and teach and either I'm not a good teacher or they're not listening to me. Yeah. I mean, there were times this year. I mean, mm. the record wasn't great. Mm. And and sometimes it's a freak situation like that bullshit call at the end of the Loyola game, mm. Mm. which I'll say it was garbage. You guys should you guys were the better team that day. You should have won that game. Mm. But you know, guys struggled, mm. you know, and, and 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 for the lack of I don't I hope I don't really come off as an asshole here, but like Malik struggled at three point line. Donovan mm. shot 20% from the three point line. Mm. Daniel was a little off, you know, mm. like I mean, they're there. They're, J.O. was getting, I mean, Gage Prim ate him yeah. for breakfast five times, you know, like in a row. Um, it, it like when you see stuff like that happen, is it like, is it a thing like, oh, man, as the coaches, like we, we got to win. And if these guys can't do it, we got to find other people that do it. If as the players, is it like if, if, if I can't succeed here, I got to go somewhere else and do it? I guess. Who does that fall on? Is it a collective? Yeah. Well, in my opinion, uh I think it falls on the entire system. I'm gonna just throw it back there, right? Because this should be a family environment. When I first started playing basketball, you know, even though my father was the coach for me, but this, you know, my father was not no guy that's just gonna roll the ball out and say, let me go. I had to earn everything. And in fact, I had to earn it 20 times harder than anybody else. And on top of that, I was the best player on the team and I still had to earn it 50 times more. So it's the family environment. My pops would, and this is and this is back in these treacherous environments. You know, I have friends that grew up with no moms, with no fathers, that grew up in the streets. And they looked up to my father like a father. And we changed some people's lives from this. So it's the family environment. You know what I mean? This is not, I shouldn't, it gets to a point where I got older and it turned to a business. Now he's my coach. When in reality, back in the day when I was having fun, not even with my father, all the way up in high school, my high school coach, shout out to coach Marlo Fenner, uh, a, a real king that that was a role model to me that was a guy that would pull me out of class sometimes just to sit down and talk with me to to tell me how to succeed in life tell me how to be a man and in this system is nothing but basketball <laughs> and that and that affects guys and we've talked sometimes about how man you since i since you brought up the plantation word i'm gonna bring up the slave word then might as well we brought up times where you feel like a slave i'm coming in here every day just to shoot basketball just to get out just to shoot basketball, just to get out. Can we, there has to be some type of, a wise man once told me, I should be able to run through a brick wall for my coach. And I think a lot of times in a lot of instances around the country, the best teams will run through a big wall for their coach. And the worst teams will not run through a brick wall for their coach. So whoever the blame is to put on that, you can point the fingers, whoever listening can point the fingers there. But it has to be some type of family environment to the fact of this is not just basketball we're playing here. I'm a human being, I'm a man. And on top of all of that, you got African-American males that deal with a lot coming from where they come from. So back to the plantation thing, you're going to, you're going to these universities where people cannot relate to you. You know what I mean? Even like you say, is there kind of like a guilt conscious when I'm on campus? I wouldn't say that, but I will say, I know for a fact I'm looking around and I don't see anybody that looks like me. I will say that. I will say that. So that does play a little part in my subconscious where I'm like, ah, is this, is this right? Is this a right thing? Or 
am I just here to play basketball? So you take somebody completely out of their environment just to do one thing, it feels like a job. It feel, and, that, and that can weigh on somebody that used to love the game. People want to go out there and get injured and hurt themselves and win the game and get bruised and all. They want to do that for the game. But once you ended up doing that for the business, you take away all the love for the game. I want to I want to ask about the, the the payment of the business side of things mm -hmm. is the scholarship, right? Yeah. The ability mm -hmm. to walk out of college when you're done without without I mean you you've 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 gotten free education, I guess, for for that. Now, I also know for a fact from being close to the system, from watching it, it's a job, right? Yeah. Okay, if I, if, and I know this, if I'm going to give you a scholarship, I'm not a coach, but if, I, if I'm going to give you a scholarship, if I'm going to pay for your schooling, this is what you're going to do for me. Right? That's how the system works, right? Um, you say you sit in the classroom, you look around, you see people who don't look like you. I would imagine there are people that sit in that classroom and look at you and say, that guy gets to go to school for free because he plays a game. They don't understand all of the I mean, what it takes to play yeah. the game level mm -hmm. you said 0.3 percent make it to the nba it's 0 .03. 0 0.03 sorry yeah. mm -hmm. 0.03 make it to the nba the percentage isn't that much higher of those people who earn a division one full ride scholarship yeah yeah so i mean can you expound upon that a little bit just the idea that that i mean it feels like a job and mm -hmm. to a degree it is there i mean you're getting you're not getting money but you're getting the scholarship, which is the equivalent of money to some degree. Yeah. I know there's the famous stories of the basketball players like Chris Weber at Michigan, who his jersey's being sold for $100 and he can't afford food. Now we find mm -hmm. out later on he was getting money on the, under the table. Mm -hmm. But um, talk about the, what, what getting the scholarship means. And did you get to take advantage of the education side of that thing? Or was it basketball practice game, basketball practice Game. Well, you got to ask yourself, who is this education for? What am I learning? <laughs> I'm, I'm at these schools and what am I learning? I'm at Valpo. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Free education. You know, hoorah. <laughs> now, this is just me talking and I'm speaking my truth. So if anybody's listening, you know what I mean? I'm speaking my truth. But what am I learning? I literally remember being in one of these classes, uh, my political science class. I won't say the professor's name, but he knows who he is. Uh, I had a, they gave out surveys and one of the questions on the survey said black people would be better off if they weren't lazy and made excuses. So when you look at things like that, you start to open your eyes and say, okay, what, what part of this game, what am I, is this basketball I'm here playing or am I slave here? Am I here just to work? So when I look around in that class and I see people that don't, don't look like me, they're getting the education that benefits them. I'm getting the education that to do what? Majority of the time, I'm sure I, I haven't looked up the numbers, but from talking and being everywhere, I'm 99% sure majority of athletes are getting what? A sports management degree or a business degree because it's easy. So think about that. And how many guys have you talked to that say they don't even really care about the education? They, they're here to play basketball. I know I was one of those guys and I'm just being honest. I'm speaking my truth because I didn't even really care about the sports management part of it. But that shows you what in, 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 in that defense, the the advisory the advisors and everybody they try to push freshmen and all of that into that into that role hey these are some majors you could possibly take sports management business can you this is all stuff that revolves around sports <laughs> Most I mean, you, you, see, you see it with football all the time i mean you hear yeah. these guys you're like i mean it's it that's again you talk about the system you talk yeah. about and that that's that's how it works and again i'm i i think it's it's clear that this is uh while we're talking on a valpo basketball podcast that this is this is a thing in a lot of different places i remember a kid 
I remember a kid transferred from Iowa State a long time ago, um, Corey Johnson. Yeah. And I remember I was asking him about his classes he was taking. And he told me, he said, I get to pick my classes at Valpo. At Iowa State, they just told me where to show up and what to yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, there have been a couple of guys like that that have mm-hmm. that, that come from bigger schools that that it's just different there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Hold on. Deeper on deeper on that, though. And, and education costs so much. But in my opinion, this education is not for people that look like me. It's not. And if it is and if it's close to that. It's to keep you in that system. Like I said, I'm 100% sure they had Corey Joseph. Or is that his name, Corey, Corey Joseph? Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. I'm 100% sure they had him at Iowa State in some type of just sports management class. You know what I mean? Some in business. Like I said, they say business is the easiest major. They throw you in these classes and say, you, oh, yeah, we'll give you a free education. You work for that. This for, But no, you're here to play basketball, brother. This education is not going to benefit you at all. And it, well, it could keep you in the system. But Majority of people get these degrees and all that. And what do they go do? They go be a basketball coach somewhere. And unless you're a D1 college basketball coach, and if you look like me, there aren't too many head D1 basketball coaches that look like me, which is another thing and another topic. But you go into a high school uh, job or a middle school job, and you don't even need a degree for those things. You can go. So at that point, you start to realize, what did I even get an education in? What, what have I learned at Valpo? You know what I mean? Other than opening my eyes and seeing the, what, what really goes on behind the scenes with all of this, I haven't learned anything. I got to meet great people and I got to meet and have different life experiences, but this education is not geared for my success, period. It's, it's to keep me in this system that's subsequently hurting my people back home, period, period. You have done a lot of music well, you've been here. Um, you've, uh, you, I mean, you. I've listened to a little bit here and there when it pops up on uh, on social media. Appreciate that. Um, Appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, I always love to. I, one of the things that I've always enjoyed is, is again, finding out who the people are outside of basketball. Yeah. And I will also be the first person to tell you this. And I thought about this a lot last summer, mm-hmm. in the wake of George Floyd and the wake mm-hmm. of Blake and all that. That, like, I thought to myself. I don't really know the athletes that I cover like a, a little bit, you know, like, but yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, and really it, it, it spun off of a lot of, of Daniel's Sackey's social yeah. media posts and stuff. I was saying, I finally texted him at one point and I just said, Daniel, um, I have a platform. I know you do too. If you ever want to say anything on mine, like I, I and, and, and another part of it too was like, you know, I was on a Zoom call with all the Missouri Valley Conference beat reporters mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer when all this was going on. Mm-hmm. I remember looking around and I'm like, 40-year-old white guy, 40-year-old white guy, 50-year-old white guy, 40-year-old white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, well, I, am I part of the problem? You mm-hmm. know, like, and, and mm-hmm. I was like, I love basketball. I love writing about basketball. Mm-hmm. I love every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I stopped playing basketball in eighth grade. I don't know, like... I'll give you an example. Like when, when you guys go to the free throw line, you guys huddle as a team. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what you do in those huddles. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, there's so much about basketball. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, the guys that do know it, guys that look like you mm-hmm. don't end up being the writers for it. Don't mm-hmm. go, you know? And, um, and so, and again, I'm bouncing around a couple of different things. You That's just fine. put out an interesting tweet about mm-hmm. music. Cause I know you're into rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't rap and you didn't play basketball, 
what are you? And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the tweet you just put out like right yeah. five minutes before we started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, can you expound upon that a little bit? Yes, yeah, like what we say. <laughs> think about that. Back to the percentage, 78% of, of African-Americans are NCAA. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't want that clickbaited. 78% of NCAA athletes are African-Americans. Yes. But the people that run these organizations are billionaires, millionaires, and none of them are African-Americans. So that's a, it's very clear to me. It's very clear to me. Even we could take it to the NBA level. Majority of my favorite players look just like me, you know? Now, Luka Doncic and all them, they're pretty good. Also, like I said, there's no color thing. I'm just stating the facts. The LeBron James and all them, they in that small percentage. But then again, I always look at like the coaches of them and there have been millions, not millions, there have been thousands of NBA greats that have retired. And I look at the coaches of these NBA players and I look at them all the time and they don't look like me. <laughs> the coaching staff does not look like me, but granted, there's always one, at least one African-American on that coaching staff, at least one. Shout out to Coach Rob, not to put him out there, but at least one everywhere. You got, you have to, you have to. That's, that's- I would imagine the stuff that ends up on his plate yeah. is far more than basketball. A hundred percent. And just think about that. <laughs> think about that. His job is not here to almost not even, you're not here to be a basketball coach. He is no disrespect. I mean, you are obviously that's what your contract. That's what you're here for business, but come on now, open your eyes. You're not here for that. You're here to talk to all of us about our problems and what we're going through at this PWR, what we're doing, how's back home feeling all of this. So that's what I call throwing the bone. Uh, and I've had talks with a lot of people about this. So yeah, like I said about the rapper basketball, yeah, it's either that, it's either you're doing either of those. You can't even almost, I don't know anybody that has a record label or owns a basketball or a sports league that looks like me and has and is bringing in a good consistent amount of money that looks like me. And that adds up to when I look at my community, nobody owns anything yet. We're wearing the Nikes, we're wearing the Jordans. We want to be like LeBron James, but that percent is so small. In reality, you can't you can't be LeBron James. Everybody can't be LeBron James. So if you don't make it in that window, the system basically tell you, go back to your hood, go back to your treacherous environment. And, you know, we don't really care for you. <laughs> but yet they're making money for these systems. Last night, I had the pleasure of watching a uh, Instagram live video with you and was your older brother yeah. and yeah. your mother. Yeah. Uh, you guys do this every week? Every Tuesday, yep. Tuesday talks to my mom. My mom started it. Tuesday with my sons, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, like uh-huh. And she, you know, it was interesting. I, I wanted to watch and, and, and pay attention because, again, yeah. I thought it would help with this a little bit. Yeah. Um, you talked about the first time you got a pair of Nikes mm-hmm. and they gave you elite socks yeah. and the first pair of Nikes. And I think you said last night that you wore those shoes out to the bone. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm wearing a Nike sweatshirt right now, <laughs> whoosh right here. Yeah. Um, is Nike part of this? 100%. Now, I don't want to cut off anybody's endorsement deals or anything, but 100%. When when people where I'm from are killing each other over Nikes and they continue to raise the price or they continue to sell these shoes, they're part of the problem. If we can protest over police brutality, and I put quotes on that, we can talk about that another day because uh, that's another illusion they want you to believe is real so that you can continue to kill yourselves and other other people that look like you back home. But when when kids want to be the LeBron James, you put these athletes that look just like us you put these athletes on a pedestal and they wear your product and they selling your product and they're promoting your product when you do that you want these two year i mean not these two year olds you want these uh 13 year olds you want these 15 year olds to buy this product right i'm sure if i do the numbers and i have done the numbers before i don't know the specifics but 
the majority of the dollar that Nike makes comes from the African-American community, period. Now, do the math yet again. These African-American communities are not benefiting off of purchasing Nikes. They are not. And that's another reason I had to leave the system. Valpo is sponsored by Nike and I'm playing a part in it. I'm, I'm getting the new Nikes. I, I know that I'm this poster child. I'm this puppet for the system so that people can continue to kill themselves and try to die for ballless life so that they can make it out of their environments. This is the whole game the system plays for people that look like me to try to make it out and people that can't make it out to stay down there. It just, uh, it, it, it's, it's just a fascinating thing when you think about, about the shoe game and mm -hmm. how embedded that is yeah. in the entire situation. It another thing, another thing, think about Jordans. Jordan's African-American, you know what I mean? And probably one of the best athletes of all time. He's a billionaire. I'm, I'm sure he's a billionaire, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In his couch, in, a, in his couch cushions, he's a billionaire. Right, easily, right? I'm sure he. I'm sure his city and where he comes from is still a very treacherous environment. My, because I know my city is Chicago dies and kills people for these mics. Look at LeBron, Kobe, all of these people look just like me. Why aren't we benefiting off of what they are making? I know Kyrie made a statement. He said. Kobe should be the logo of the NBA. Now you can think you disagree or agree, but I respect his opinion and I agree with it. You know what I mean? Kobe has done a lot for this game. He's made a lot of money for this game. And I just, in my opinion, now I didn't watch Jerry West play, but hey, hey, the Mamba, come on now. It's but yeah. they won't do that because the system is ran by that. Uh, we're starting to wind down here. I mean, you've given us 40 minutes of your time. I got, I got one or two more questions. Yeah. Uh, speaking of older NBA players mm -hmm. and the guy that's evolved his career, Charles Barkley, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, it's interesting because at 41, I know what Charles Barkley means to me. He was a guy who was a, he was a, a brash, undersized, great rebounder mm -hmm. who has now become a oversized, allowed commentator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles Barkley once famously said, I am not a role model. Mm. He made a point of saying that, he should not be a role model mm. he, that, that parents need to be role models mm -hmm. that other people mm -hmm. need that basketball players that he does not feel like he should be a role model. Now mm -hmm. there's one thing of saying that, Hey, I'm a, I play a game for a living. I shouldn't be a role model. There's another part of like willfully pushing that off. Like, you know, I'm going to go do whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't be like, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. When you think about this, right. Like when you talked about platform basketball, mm -hmm rap whatever mm. how will zion morgan be a role model going forward now that you i mean now that you're because because again basketball yeah. has given a platform yeah. to be a role mm. model in a way mm. i don't care if it's in your city yeah. I don't care if it's the basketball camps at mm. valpo the little ball boys that are running mm. around the court they see you they look at you that you, they want to be you right yeah. taking the basketball away how will you be a role model going forward? Well, my future plans are to move back to Chicago soon. Uh, my parents have a school, so I'll be probably working full time with them. Uh, like I, like you said earlier about my Twitter handle, I've started an organization called Freeternity, where I will be speaking this truth and trying to unplug a lot of people from this system uh, and just showing them that what their worth really is. Uh, we got, I'm, I have a lot of goals ahead in my mind, uh, like free breakfast things, uh, cleaning services so that we can clean up some of these neighborhoods that look terrible. Um, the list goes on and on. I'm gonna try to keep it under the surface for now so that it can happen and I don't get this shot down. 
But yeah, I just, I'm not going to even call out that I'm going to be a role model. You know what I mean? I know my words speak value and I know a lot of people feel the truth and understand what I'm saying. So I'm not even going to categorize myself as a role model. If kids look up to me, fine. That's great. If they don't, that's cool. But all I can do is speak my truth and I'm going to continue to speak my truth. And now in the future, I will be working full time with my parents, trying to help the community uh, and help the kids know that you don't have to. This is the only route. It's not basketball or rap drugs or liquor. This is not this is not our culture. The system tries to push this as I coach. I posted on my Instagram. The NBA is sponsored by Hennessy. Hennessy is yeah. the number one drink in the black community. That, that should tell you a lot right there. That should tell you a lot right there. So I, my big goal is not to just unplug people and make them understand that you matter. You don't need to beg the system to give you anything. We can keep money within our own community and we can build our own communities up to the point where we can all be free. So that's my goals for the future, just to actually be hands-on now and not talk from the inside. It's time to really start doing. I've been doing a lot of talking the last two years. I do a lot of talking. I've been doing a lot of thinking. Now it's time to really do. And I wanted to ask, in these last two years, mm -hmm. Have there been fond memories of your time at Valpo? What will you take away from the experience? Or maybe was the fondest memory hitting enter on that letter that you sent? Yeah. What 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 stands out? Maybe from on the court yeah. in, in the in the locker room, whatever. Yeah. Um, will you come away from this place, albeit part of the system, yeah. with good fond memories? Well, of course, in my opinion, all experiences are great experiences, no matter bad or good. There is no my pops always teach us in his organization, there is no bad or good. And when it comes to life experiences, if you learn from them, there's only great experiences, period, point blank, period. So while I come from this situation is coming in as a boy, I was a part of the system and I thought, and I really thought that I wanted to do this. And I thought I wanted to go play a part and uh, work hard and be in the NBA and do this. I wanted the freshest Nikes. I wanted all of this, you know what I mean? And, and then I grew into a man. And then I didn't just grow into a man, I grew into a king and I understood who I was. So the, the greatest you know, benefit and the greatest experience I will have from this is just being free, being able to grow and look myself in the mirror and saying, who do you want to be? Who do you want your legacy to be? Do you want to be a part of this when you know you don't believe in the majority of what goes on here? Or do you want to put your own jersey on and start playing for your own team and helping your community? So I learned a lot here, man. I grew into a man and I saw the truth and I, I'm forever thankful for Valpo University. I'm forever thankful for every life experience I've had gained from here. Zion Morgan. Does it need any other name attached to it? Not Valpo basketball player, not aspiring rap star, anything like that. Zion Morgan stands on his own. Thank you very much for the time that you gave yep. to us today. And, uh, and look, it might not be on the basketball court, but I'll certainly be paying attention to your journey the rest of the yep. way through. Appreciate you, P.O. Appreciate everything you've done.